0: Welcome to the Knock On, Scoreline.ie's rugby podcast. On this episode, myself, former Leinster captain Chris Pym and Tullo Rugby's Johnny Tobin talk about lots, including the Lions team selection for the first test. Has Warren Gatlin got it right? The balance of players on the pitch and the bench. What Warren Gatlin's possible thinking is with the team selection. Where the Lions will hope to beat the Springboks, we look at the tactics, and the Heineken Champions Cup draw, a new format, and we look at Leinster, Munster, Connacht and Ulster's groups. So we're joined again this week by Johnny Tobin and Chris Pym, lads, how are you? Good, yeah, all good. good be, thanks. Yeah, we're all a bit tired and worse for wear, The heat has taken us out of us, I think, um, uh, you know, there we are talking about, you know, going to different countries. The lines are in South Africa, the high altitude, heat and everything. Um, can you imagine playing rugby in 28, 29, 30 degree heat um, in that weather? Pretty serious stuff, isn't it?
1: Yeah, not yeah, great now. Wouldn't be great. But you look, they're highly trained, professional athletes. They get themselves adjusted and stuff. and be going to... They're they not That's any good. They're not at altitude down anyway, that they're back down in Cape Town. Back down, down yeah. yeah. At least uh, that's a help, that's for sure. It was
0: also, I was more worried about Chris. We had to go out and try and play a game and that. <laughs> yeah, no Serious fear. stuff. Takes a yeah. lot of effort to do a walk, I think. Um, lads, well, I suppose we're going to talk about the Lions' uh, first test team named. test, of course, taking place at five o'clock Irish time on Saturday. And as um, Chris was saying there, it's on it's at sea level in Cape Town, so um, and the three tests are going to be held there as well. We were told during the week um quick look back at the game last week against the stormers um Chris, did we learn anything from that? It was a bit of an audition, putting yourself in the shop window, you know something for Gatland to have a look at a few players and see what happens.
1: yeah, I don't think he took any of it to be quite honest into consideration. I mean, I'm not sure. I would have thought they were learning a lot more about from the A game or whatever that game was called, but the, the South Africa A game where it was a lot closer. It was a bit more of a contest. And I thought that a few guys had put their hand up in that game uh, they because it would have had more influence on what a test team might look like. And certainly, I suppose my biggest surprise was that uh, Mako Vinopola didn't make it because the scrum was so good. Um, well, not so good but it definitely had an edge in that South African game and he's not even in the 23. so uh, a slightly strange and then when you look at the makeup of the two front rows that are are starting, it's kind of like it's like some neither side is afraid it, it, both sides are afraid to show their hands because you would look like the stronger, front rows are on the bench particularly in south africa's case so they obviously have a plan and then you look at the bench from the lions point of view and you've got your two most experienced um game controlling halfbacks on the bench so are the lions hoping to go out and dominate the first 60 and then hang on bring on their experienced players to close out the game i don't know I'm, you can never read Warren Gatland and what he's really thinking, but you could say the same about Rosi as well. So, um, I think there's a lot of mind games going on there. But certainly, uh, I I didn't get too many of the start and test side um, on my team sheet. That's for sure.
0: Johnny, what do you what do you make of the team selection, as it was and versus that last game that we thought was going to be an audition?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I'd, I'd agree with Chris there. I think macleby definitely should have been, without a doubt, in the Test 23 anyway. Um, but look, at, it's strange. And like what Chris said, nobody wants to show their hand too early. They've had messy, massive matches up to it, so there's nothing really you can judge off. And so is the first Test going to be a warm-up game or is it going to be a Test? Um, I don't know. But... Look, at, as far as I'm concerned, the team is, is strong. Conan and Cowan Dickey are in there. They had a good performance the last day against the Stormers. Um, obviously, Alan jones is back, so he must have done enough in the 25, 27 minutes he got. Um, the big Two big surprises for me is Noamak of Inapola and Courtney Law starting at six. Um, they're big surprises for me. I, I honestly thought Todd had done enough to get a test start at six. Um, I don't know. Like what Chris said, you can't read Warren Gatlin, so what is going on? Uh, Josh Adams is the most informed winger in the whole tournament and not even in a squad either. So, um, I don't know. It's hard to read it at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, Merva, I mean, that was an absolute bolter there. I don't think anybody saw saw that coming, um, that you would have had the two Welsh lads probably. Both would have been ahead of merva <laughs> But I don't know, maybe shown something in training that we don't see.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, clearly, um Townsend rates them so they must have, they must clearly must have a plan of some sort, but uh, not one that they've exposed to us just yet. So mm-hmm. yeah, looks slightly strange, certainly there as well. And I think we were talking last week about there was no possibility of Elliot Daly starting because he's pretty much played every minute of every game so yeah. far, and there he is starting at thirteen. So <laughs> like you couldn't see that one coming either.
2: No, you so, thought he would get the minutes just to give him keep him happy kind of a thing. He played sorry. him all the way through and he, he wasn't gonna play him in a test like so strange, yeah. but he's he's earned it in terms. He's definitely earned yeah, it.
1: No, he's done well and he does bring that little bit of variety, yeah, I suppose, in the thirteen channel. But um I mean, consider he hasn't even played there for about four years in England. Um he's been at fullback. Ninety nine percent of the time. Um, you know, it is slightly strange, but um, yeah, look, it is what it is. So
0: yes. Yeah, and yeah, you, you have to say Jack Cohen's a bit of a bolter as well. He was for the squad, and there he is starting a test over the experience of Fallotow as well. Um, yeah. you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have seen that one coming, to be honest.
1: Yeah, so and I mean the other thing as well, is just regards regards Conan, is that um because of Ty Burn. He's now essentially covering the second row as well because they didn't pick Henderson. There was some chat of them going with a 6 2, but they didn't. And um, so that leaves Byrne under a lot of pressure as a small man against uh, a relatively small man next to the South Africans. If he ends up in the second row after five minutes with maybe Yamaro yeah. you know, or somebody gone off, then we look a very small. Next to the South Africans at that stage, and then they bring on their what looks to me like their senior front row for the second half, and uh, suddenly it's men against boys. So it's uh, there's a, there's a lot of strange ones there, not really sure, and uh, how to get my head around it. But yeah, look, we've, we've been spent the last 20 years doubting Gatland, and uh, nine times out of ten, he comes up Trump. So, um, I'll give him the benefit of that one until uh. Saturday evening at seven o'clock. Bit of a tough one
0: for Conor Murray, um, coming in, being made captain, captain C. Yeah. Gone. Now, now, you're on the bench for the first test. Ali Price yeah. is in there ahead of him. It's a tough one, isn't it, Johnny?
2: Yeah, but the farm has to play a massive part there, uh, to be fair, like Conor Murray was probably the best of the lot to be chosen as captain, I suppose, like that. We don't, we don't know what's going on in camp, everyone speaks about him being such a, a positive leader and a, a great talker, but. Ali Price was, I thought, was outstanding last week, and I think he he really put himself into a test jersey from the first minute he was on till when Murray came on. I think it was the 60 or 56th or seven minute he came on. But um, yeah, it's a shock, I suppose. If, if I was him, I'd be a little bit annoyed. You're being announced as tour captain, you're you're guaranteeing yourself as a test shirt, and then Alan Win Jones comes back, the other guy has a, a solid shift, and you're on the bench. Yet. So, but look at—he's a professional athlete. He's gonna he's gonna get these days. Um, I'm sure when he comes in, he's he'll make his marker and he'll he'll definitely get uh, a good 25 minutes as well.
0: Uh, Chris, what do you think of um, Tom Curry and Hamish Watson? Uh, Tom obviously starting Hamish on the bench. Yeah, well, could have been an need or, or really.
1: Yeah, I think we had that chat last week that Curry absolutely um, in the from the A game, I played himself into the starting slot, and um, it was interesting that they put um, that they put Watson on the bench which I'm not quite sure where that fits into my strategy. When I'm making changes, basically you're just, you only have the option of going like for like. So you're basically telling Curry that he's coming off. Whereas if you had Ty Burn cover in the back row and played Henderson, it just gives you so many more options if there is an injury. Um, But I'm not quite sure where he's going from because it just is narrowing your options so much when, yeah. if there is an injury and, you know, you could end up with, and I'm not saying it'd be a bad thing, but yeah. uh, you could end up with Watson and um, Curry on the bench, at the, on the pitch at the same time. That's two yeah. out, out sevens. Um, but I don't know, maybe that's what he wants. Maybe that's, you know, the last half hour, He's looking to really, really speed the game up and that might be something that he does. But, um, you know, just given the sheer physicality that they're going to do face on Saturday, you kind of just be a little bit worried that we don't have enough physical presence um, either on the bench or starting, to be fair, without uh, Mako, without Jamie George, without Henderson. Um, you know, just while we don't want to take them on with physical you know, there's no point in us going to war with them, and um, on the physical stakes, we absolutely need to be able to compete with them, and we need to be able to get in behind them so that uh, the physicality doesn't become a massive part of what they do. So, um you know, it is a strange one, but yeah, as you say, we wait and see, and that's what makes it so intriguing.
0: Yeah, and just looking at the back three, because kicking could be a big factor in this game as well if you want to go over them and around them as opposed to through them. Um, like you touched on it earlier, Duan um getting called in on the left wing as well was a bit of a bit of a strange one. A bit of a shock as well, I suppose. Raised a couple of eyebrows.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, um, if you look at South Africa over the last probably 18 months, they have a very, very... Uh, precise and detailed kicking game and if you watch the A game last or two weeks ago the South African A game how the how South Africa are pressing up on the kick chase so 15 seconds into the game Fafta de clerk does a box kick and um, everyone is hushing towards um, I think it was Josh Adams at the time that there's three South African guys coming in and they're watching that threat because Colby Cheslin was coming down that wing but they weren't watching Eden Esteban coming in from the side and absolutely or was Liam Williams actually rather absolutely mm-hmm. ending Liam Williams within fifteen seconds and getting a, a turnover and a penalty. Like so their their kicking game is their execution is perfect every time. They really have a solid kicking game. And if we're watching Colby Cheslin and everyone is worried about him, you're gonna get smashed. Like you have to just you have to tighten up on that an awful lot more than what they did, especially in the A game. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's a good that's a good point, Chris. Yeah, which they may may be one of the reasons they went for Van Dammeira, in that he just has a bit more physical yeah, expecting
2: yeah.
1: the ball to come down that channel, and that he have the physicality to uh, to be able to withstand it. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Fair point.
2: Yeah. He, he, Eden Esteban hitting any man uh, <laughs> now <laughs> is he's, he's going to win out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna wish that on anybody. I don't think we've
0: any complaints of uh, Stuart Hogg at fullback.
1: Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, obviously Williams would have played there in Africa four in New Zealand four years ago and was really, really good. And um, possibly hasn't had the best run so far of games um, in South Africa. And you know, wasn't he was kind of in he was injured in, in the, the Welsh side during the campaign. So and um, yeah probably hasn't done enough whereas hogs had an excellent season although he's been quiet enough on the on the, door. on the tour so far you're kind of just waiting for him to come to life and i wonder does he suffer a little bit in not having finn russell on the pitch because the two of them so many of the scottish players are built around the two of them and they kind of feed off one another and not having russell there i wonder does it just handicap um hog a little bit but yeah look saturday He's a great competitor and, you know, he's a big leader as well. So hopefully he has a big game at the weekend.
2: His aerial game is very good too, to be fair. Like, so mm-hmm. you're going up against one of the best kicking teams in the world. You want your best back three defensive against an aerial game. Like, so he offers a lot. I, I agree with Chris. We definitely haven't seen the best of Short hog on this tour. And maybe that point that Chris made about Finn Russell not being there might steady him a little bit. But hopefully he goes well. He's tried and tested. He's, I think he's one of the best fullbacks in the world. Be, um, this is my opinion I have now, but um, hopefully it goes well for him and he uh, works well with Merwe and uh, Anthony Watson was also very good in the air, to be fair. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and he had a very good game the last day as well, I thought he kind of was starting to come into his own as well, so um, it's good to see him, because he hadn't had a lot of game time up to that, I think he was one of the COVID lads who was
2: locked he up, for group,
1: up yeah. one stage, so um, he's hopefully coming in fresh and ready to Ready to do well, and he did. As I say he was one of the guys who certainly stood out in New Zealand as well four years ago. Yeah, an so,
2: exceptional
1: there. Yeah, no, no, exactly. So, and I'm not sure England use him to the best of his ability. So, I'm hoping that uh, Warren gets a bit more out of him. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, so, we're not going to be able to beat them going toe to toe with them. Are, their aerial game is good. Their back three is fantastic. Uh, we need to get a bit creative. Um, if we're going to beat the box. Um, but looking across that team sheet, and you just touched on it there as well with combinations, there's not an awful lot of familiar combinations across that pitch per se um, with the Lions team. Um, obviously, he has a plan. There's, there's some plan there that we're not, and we'll give, him, as Chris says, we'll give Warren the benefit of the doubt until full-time on Saturday. Um, how are we going to get around the box? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the million dollar pressure <laughs> I'm trying
0: to, I'm trying to work it out. It's
2: yeah, a, um, a bit of a tough I, one. I think the physical, the physicality has to be first and foremost. I, I know you said you don't want to go towards over them, but you can't let them bully either mm-hmm. because they're going to like the. You should they seen that in the South Africa A game. So if the first 40 is a little bit more aggressive and if the lines get up off the line a bit more and come forward and actually hit them in twos rather than trying to meet them one on one because one on one you're not going to win them collisions with the box so you have to get up and just double hit each time your ball carrying and try to wear them down defensively so they don't get to exploit that gap and you want to make the ball an awful lot more slower for Faf Clark because he's one of the best nines in the world obviously himself and Anton Dupont probably top two nines in the world at the minute you're giving him fast ball he is just going to rip your defense to shreds so we want to be I, I personally think physically and pressing off the, the, game, or the defensive line a little bit harder than what they have done in the A game and yeah. I think if they stick with them for the first quarter, it can be a competitive game. If they lose the physical aspect, it's going to be a line or it's going to be a South Africa winning. So,
1: yeah, no, you'd have to say, well, there's no question the whole physicality piece is massive. I think one of the probably shining lights at the back of this is that because we got the upper hand on the scrum in the that's A game, that's massive for the South yeah. Africans just from a purely mental point of view. If I mean, there's only six, seven, eight, nine scrums in a in a match now. But if we could get the edge in a couple of those scrums early on, it just sets a, such a massive tone for the whole game and it will absolutely damage the South African ego. Whereas if the reverse happens, we're, but, we're goosed, you know. Yeah. Or, yeah. or or just bollocks. You don't know how I don't. I'm not sure how we're going to exist on the game. But if we could get a bit of forward ball off scrum, the lineouts are creative and imaginative, and we, you know, I'm sure, Gregor and stuff has a load of plays up his sleeve that has been waiting to produce. Um, that you know we do stand a chance. But absolutely, if we if we cave at scrum time, um, we're we're in big big trouble. But as you say, absolutely a rocking rock and mall as well we need to be really really physical when we get there they they load the breakdown even in the get two couple of games they played particularly in that a game in the first half they really loaded the rocks they're putting three and four guys into every rock whereas we we're putting in ones and twos and just the physicality and they were blowing us off Um the lines were being being blowed off their ball so it was uh you know obviously need to match that fix that and if we can do that well then if we get parity at the breakdown and yeah. a bit of an edge of scrum time we're absolutely in the game because yeah. there's creativity there there's some lovely footballers there um so hopefully that you know the, but that absolutely those two are imperative to us having any chance to survive yeah.
2: And if you watch their looking, their counter-looking game as well, which I, I found very interesting, I rewatched the A game there yesterday. Um, the first man in is actually going after the ball for two, one, two seconds, but then attacking the space. So he's leaving the next man to get an easier poach. They're winning an awful lot of penalties at the breakdown yeah. from that. Because if Chris would know as well from this, if, if your poach, you see someone poaching at your ball, you're loading up then to hit him. So you're not watching him. And also, you're getting your, yourself ready for a big contact. If he steps off the ball, then it comes forward at you. It's it's kind of a dogfight. So it's leaving it free for the guy behind. And what's interesting again, as well, is their, their lineup attack. They will give you the front all day long. They will give you the front. They'll the load the back. So then, why the load the back is your attack then has to be narrow to the lineup. You won't get too wide because their, their line speed is too good. So they have probably potentially four forwards around the breakdown quickly. To get in and know that that rook, so we just have to be a little, little bit more variation in our, in our line-outs and our set piece. And definitely, if we get that edge on the scrum, we get go for go forward ball off the scrum, it's a psychological battle rather than a physical battle. Then, so look at there's lots of things. If any team, any coach has the blueprint to beat the box, it's a you'd be worth a million dollars at the minute. So, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah,
0: there is one. Sorry, Chris, go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead.
0: And um, there is another little element as well is probably the box rustiness, if that's going to be a factor. I don't know if it is,
2: um, yeah.
0: but they haven't had an awful lot of international rugby of late. Uh, you know they've had the COVID shutdowns and players missing, and you know that sort of interruption as well. Is there a chance?
2: Yeah, that um, might play into our hands a bit. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be backing on that because you looked at their South African. A squad came out and they bullied the lines for 40 minutes and they've had very little rugby so that was their first game so if they're bullying you and their first hit out I would, definitely wouldn't be worried about them in the second hit out I'd say they'd be well tuned um, look at my yeah. might win the part maybe 45-50 minutes you might, they might get a little tired like they did in the A game but look at I wouldn't be um, I wouldn't be banking on their rustiness being a part now of us winning the game
1: yeah, look, I mean it is I actually think it could be a factor, but then you could say the same about the Lions, you know, they haven't really had a proper test. There are sides that's thrown together. Um, so it's all it's kind of both sides are coming at it from the same perspective in that regard. But the point being that the Lions have obviously as a squad have played a lot more rugby. Sorry, not as a squad, but as a group of individuals, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, have played a lot more rugby in the last year. So you know, they would be more rugby hardened, more game hardened than the South Africans. And you know, the, that other South African A call it what you want side that played the Bulls, they got beaten. So yeah, there's quite a number beaten. of lads who played in that game who played themselves out of the test team for tomorrow. So it's you know, I I actually I, I think it could be a factor, Stephen, in that you know, they have played very little rugby and yes well obviously they're the world world champions at the moment um i do think there is a possibility that that could come into play and i wonder is warren is that where warren's coming from given the way he's picked particularly has picked his bench um so it will be really interesting to see you know but i mean having farrell and murray on the bench for a normal Under normal circumstances, you would go, why would you do that? Two of them are really, really structured, um, disciplined, talented footballers. Whereas normally off your bench, you're bringing the guy who's going to do something different or produce a little bit of magic or or something. something. Sorry?
2: A Marcus Smith maybe or something.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know whether it's Marcus Smith, given that we've seen so little of him. But it's uh, it's a rather unusual tactic to take when selecting your bench. So, But clearly there's method in the madness and he clearly has a plan and, you know, so please God, it works. Okay.
2: What do you reckon, Johnny? Yeah, look, I don't personally think that Rustiness will come into it but I do think Warren Gatlin and the coaching staff have something lined up. I really do. I just, I don't think we've seen all our cards yet. I think he's holding cards close to his chest and I think this Saturday they could come out and just a completely different game plan. Do you know, like I, I, I'm I, excited about the team. Calvin Dickey is, I think, he's really, really good. I personally had went with Ken Owens at Starling Hooker, but he played really well last week. So I, I think the team is is exciting, but um, I really do think they're reserving it and they're holding the cars close to the chest. So hopefully 7 o'clock Saturday we'll be sitting there saying, yeah, Warren Gatlin is still proving us wrong 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, hard to disagree with that. Yeah, I'd uh, boss. So, uh, you didn't tell me, Johnny, what the score was going to be.
2: Yeah, what's,
0: what's the prediction,
2: Johnny? What's the predictions? <laughs> Jesus, Ledger, put me on a spot here. Uh, I'm going to sound really terrible. I actually think the box are going to win by about, I personally think about seven to ten. The box will win by
1: okay. Okay, well, just for a bit of balance, then I'm going to go um, 19 16 to the Lions. 19, 16. All right
0: close enough
1: yeah Yeah. I'd probably
0: I'd be the sixth. percent and the the
1: other thing as well is somebody uh, one of the box will get sent off which will open (laughs) because I can't right out there (laughs) yeah I can't believe that Given the fact they've been locked up, and they will be so fucking wired to the moon that <laughs> they'll uh, <laughs> just look to take the head off somebody at some stage, and they'll be in the they'll be uh, in the stand for the rest of the game, and that'll change the whole dynamic of the game. So you heard right, it here first. you see
2: but, it, Andrew, when he returned home to South Africa a couple of years ago? <laughs> yeah. Get out and take the head off somebody and get off yeah. after about six minutes. There
1: you go. Yeah, have so I mean, uh, heard it yeah. here, folks. I heard it here, folks
0: the lad being sent off um, yeah interesting <laughs> yeah exactly get your bets on now um, yeah that's, that's our preview so the match is if you're listening to the podcast before the match it's 5 o'clock Irish time on Sky Sports uh, on Saturday, and it's in Cape Town as well. So we're looking forward to that one. Going to change subject now. Um, we're going to have a chat about Leinster. Uh, the Heineken Champions Cup draw was made during the week. It's always happens during the summer and around the lines tour. It sort of gets buried down underneath at the bottom of the the rugby news. But we have to have a chat about it nonetheless. Um. So this year uh, Leinster once again will face Montpellier um, and they have Bath in their group as well. Um, Munster being drawn with wasps and cast, Ulster will play Claremont and Northampton and Connick will play Leicester, Tigers and Stads. What happens is the four provinces will face their pool opponents at home and away, that all kicks off in December. And then the clubs have been divided into two pools of 12, pool A and B. So the eight highest ranked clubs from each pool will qualify for the knockout stages. So that's 16. So that's the last 16, obviously. And to be two legged rounds, in that round of 16 as well, before one legged quarterfinals, semi finals, and the final, which is in Marseille on the 28th of May. So the format has changed a bit this year. Um, Johnny, what do you reckon the format of, of it this year? Two teams in your group, home and away, done. Yeah, it's a good layout. I, um, yeah.
2: I think it's a good layout, especially after the year we're having, it's a little bit later of a start. And with the lines going on at the minute, it gives clubs a little bit better of a chance. Um, for progressing in the tournament but look at it it is what it is you can really pick who's going to win what games off our provinces anyway uh bar the ulster group that's probably the most interesting group claremont and Northampton, and connacht you never know what leicester chris was we we're speaking about earlier you never know what leicester you're going to get so connacht could potentially come through they've also got Stad as well but yeah i'm looking forward to it and what's also really good is if you look at our provinces we don't actually have too many Big lads involved with the lines as such like Leinster still have Johnny Sexton, Keane Healy, Andrew Porter, all them lads. Like you know, Munster probably the worst off. Conor Murray and Tyreke Warren gone with the Lions, so they want probably a bit of a break. Um, but yeah, look at. The, I think it's good. I think it's, it's it's great that we're still getting the play rugby. So that's amazing.
0: Absolutely, um, Johnny. You're under time pressure. You're to go and teach yeah. actual rugby to. Uh... <laughs>
2: A bunch of kids. I'm actually yeah, getting the all nowhere. Am I? <laughs> the rising stars of the
0: next generation. Yeah,
2: the we... future stars. Yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Um yes. We'll let you go there, Johnny, if you want. Um you and Chris will finish out the Heineken Cup. Um, you're awesome. knocked out now at this stage. So we're eliminated.
2: <laughs> Thanks very yes, much. That.
0: Thanks for that. I'm that's Johnny Hoppen there. Right. Pretty yeah. soon, that's Johnny Tobin. There, uh, Johnny disappears, and this, myself and Chris. So, yeah, Chris, the, the format puts a bit of pressure on uh, you know, you have two teams, your group home and away. Um, so you really need to get stuck in early, get the results, um, and get into the last 16.
1: Yeah, so the two eights, I'm not 100% sure what way it happens. So, but you break into two groups of 12, is that right? Uh, so the way the format is, yeah, is
0: it's um, two groups. Yes, two pools of 12. Yeah, Pool A and Pool B. So that's 24 teams. So the top eight from each go into the last 16. And the last 16 play whoever they get in the draw, home and away. So it's a two-legged system, sort of like the Champions League.
1: Yeah, so you're playing four games in your group. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... um and I suppose so there is a good chance then that a lot of teams could finish on the same number of points. So you down to then points differential then to whether Do you uh, qualify or not. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting, but um, I'm not 100% sure why they changed it from what the old format was. Um, but I guess the last 16 piece with two legs, it's a bit, much, bit more like the... The European Cup was from a soccer perspective that, um, you know, you have a home and away leg. So, look, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, Certainly worth uh, trying to change it up a little bit. So, But certainly, I think Leinster would be happy enough with their draw. um, I don't think they'd all, to be quite honest, happy enough with their draws, given that Connacht are in it now as well. They certainly have a fighting chance against Leicester, although they have improved a little bit in the last, last few months of the back end of the season but um and then start obviously you're taking your chance but you know if you had them up in in galway on a wet on a wet and windy night in december you'd uh you know you fancy your chances so you know can't be happy enough i'd say with their draw too so you yeah, look overall i think the draw is interesting and it'll be um it would just be interesting to see a new format and how it works
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, I just have to look into how the scoring is going to work in the last sixteen. So there's a yeah. away goals and all that in the soccer. Um, <laughs> yeah. How does it work in the rugby? Um, are you
1: looking at
0: the That would be interesting. Yeah, that's it. I have to read into that and how that's broken down. Um, could it be a stage that you're you're away playing for Leinster and you know you need to get a penalty or win by three points or something to you yeah. know turn the differential? Right. Or yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, all to be revealed, I suppose. But yeah, it's a different format. Um, So two games home and away, and then you have two games, if you make it through to the last 16, and then you have normal uh, quarterfinal semis in the final then as well. Um, Leinster and uh, Ulster are in pool A, and Connacht and Munster are in pool B. So that would mean, I'd imagine, the top eight from each pool then will be in a draw, and they'll play possibly cross...
2: Oh, you know, right, one okay, hour of yeah.
0: A, one hour B, you know, um, oh as God. it goes there. Um, yeah, which would be interesting as well. So there's every chance Leinster and Munster, if they get out, could end up playing each other again, which would be an uh, interesting one the last 16. And then you have a home oh. and away tie, so the Aviva and Thomond. you know, yeah. potentially. Yeah, no, oh, it's excellent. You know, exactly.
1: Yeah. I all yeah. yeah.
0: See what the story is. Um, it seems like a million miles away at the Champions Cup at this yeah. stage.
1: Doesn't it? We're <laughs> already yeah. yeah. part of December. Uh, we're hoping yeah. it'll be a different world by then. And we get back to normality.
0: Absolutely. Um Chris, just a small bit of news coming through Leinster. They're they're losing bits and pieces of their staff. Their uh their assistant coach, defense coach Hugh Hogan has joined the Scarlets. Um mm. Yeah, yeah, just announced there in the last uh, couple of days. He uh was a contact skills coach for Leinster since 2017 and yeah. St Mary's College man. Um yeah, I think he captained captained their club to an AIL title back, Jesus, what, about 10 years ago give or take. Um and he coached with the IRFU sevens and that sort of stuff as well. Um but there's yeah. two uh decent staff in the last couple of weeks uh, leaving Leinster. I, I don't wouldn't say there's much going on there but like to be holding on to your fellas.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, they have a huge network of, you know, very, very high standard of, of coaches and stuff. So I think it's, I think it's good for everyone to be honest. If guys go away and, yeah, you know, possibly with you to coming back, but you know, there's only so much room, and it's a bit like the, it's a bit like the school set up in Leinster anyway. That there's just so many good players coming through. Um, It's a bit the same with young coaches and stuff coming through so if they got an opportunity to go and expand their um, skill base and whatever I think it's fantastic for the Irish game long term so yeah look I'd encourage anybody player or coach to go away if the opportunity came so yeah look I think it's only good.
0: That's it. Chris, we'll wrap up the podcast there. Interesting times with fingers crossed now the Lions can do something, or we see some magic from the team selection from Warren Gatlin. Let him prove us wrong again. Mm -hmm. Uh he's done it so many times. He's the Mm -hmm. guy we love to hit.
1: (laughs) Well, look, We'll see what happens anyway. And fingers crossed, yeah, as you say, we get the job done. And uh we have a nineteen sixteen Lions win. Absolutely. You heard it here first, folks and a South African sent off and a South African sent off, there you go
0: From Chris Pym, Chris thanks a million and of course Johnny Tobin was on the podcast with us as well, he's gone out to teach actual rugby uh, this morning when the podcast has been recorded, so good wishes to Johnny and I hope he put the sun cream on after last week um, it's been one of those weeks, he's gone very brown looking, Chris thanks a million and we'll talk Pleasure. to you again next
1: week Pleasure, thanks Stephen
0: That's it from the Knock On Rugby podcast on scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby. And of course, if you're into your GAA, we've got the Clash Act, all things MMA and lots more. Talk to you soon.